0: If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeing Other People Podcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is seeing other people unfiltered. All right. Can you please introduce I oh sorry. <laughs> you're good. Can you please introduce yourself and share what you're here to talk about?
1: Sure. Uh, so I am anonymous. I am from uh, up north in Canada. I am freshly 30. Um, and I want to share my experience, uh, with my most recent relationship with my ex-boyfriend and, um, I'll use, I know when I sent you an email, I put narcissist in quotation marks cause I want to use that word with caution because I know it gets thrown around, but um, I do think there were a lot of similarities between my ex and somebody who presents with narcissistic personality disorder. So um, just to share my experience going through that and mostly how I have kind of dealt with the recovery since then and the things that I've been able to do on my own to move past from that and process everything that I dealt with in the relationship.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for, you know, wanting to come on and talk about this. I can't imagine how difficult it was. And it's amazing that you are putting yourself out there in this way and sharing your story. And um, we did just have an amazing episode come out uh, with Dr. Jamie Zuckerman about, you know, dating a narcissist and what a narcissist is and isn't. Mm -hmm. And so I also appreciate you, you know, putting that disclaimer of like, that word does really get thrown around a lot and that's not a good thing at all. And I just, I think it's so important for people to recognize like you can be in an unhealthy relationship. You can be in a toxic relationship. Those can still be so horrible and Mm -hmm. your feelings are so valid and it could have been the most horrible experience in the world. But if you just jump to conclusions and say, yeah, I was dating a narcissist that doesn't leave room for people who actually do experience narcissistic abuse. And so that's something that I feel like really passionate about, you know, separating. And so I appreciate you, you know, mentioning that.
1: Yeah, 100%. And um, I think when you like when you deal go through something like this, it's really, really easy to feel like you're alone and like you're the only person dealing with it, regardless of the extent to to what that actually looks like on the inside. So I think part of me sharing my story is just to help anybody who's going through this realize that they aren't alone. There is a way out. It does absolutely get better. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but there will come a day when you will be able to put this all behind you.
0: Yeah, there really will. And, you know, that goes from no matter what you're going through as, as hard as it might seem as broken as you feel today, like there is a tomorrow and there's a tomorrow after that and a tomorrow after that. And hopefully, you know, just listening to other people and their experiences can help a little. Absolutely. So take me back to the beginning of this relationship. What was going on in your life? How did you meet what unfolded?
1: Yeah. So I'll actually, our story actually starts a a few months before it actually started. Uh, So we matched on Hinge in April of 2019. Um, And I had been single for about three years at that point. But I I would say during that time when I was single, I was very much boy crazy. Like I was always looking for my next relationship. Um, So we matched in April of 2019 and we chatted for a bit. He had a lot of qualities that, seemed really interesting to me. Uh, We never took it off the app. We just exchanged a few conversations, probably for three or four days. We talked about meeting up in person. And then one day I went on the app and his profile was gone. Um, So I just assumed he did what I had been doing during that period where I delete the app and redownload it every two or three weeks, or he had gotten back with somebody who knows, but I didn't really think too much of it. Fast forward to October 2019, I'm back on the apps. He pops back up on Hinge and we matched and we hit it off right away. It was Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, so we talked about our Thanksgiving plans. Um, And I think it was a Saturday that we matched. By the end of Saturday night, we had already planned our first date for Tuesday. Uh, So Tuesday rolls around and we went on our first date. We met at a bar and it was one of those dates that lasted probably. Seven or eight hours um, to the point where the restaurant had to kick us out because we'd been there for too long. Um, I remember we on the drive home calling my friend and just gushing over him about how incredible I thought he was. And he had so many amazing qualities that I've always been looking for. And I felt so comfortable with him and I couldn't stop smiling. And I was just, I was really over the moon. Um, by the end of our first date, we had already planned date three for that Saturday. Uh, however, on the Thursday, we had joked on our first date and hopefully nobody will come at me for this, but we had joked about how up until that point, I had never seen a full Harry Potter movie front to back and he's a huge Harry Potter fan. So, uh, he, I think on the Thursday I had mentioned that I was finally getting into a Harry Potter movie and he was like, Oh, I'm so jealous. I would love to watch it. And I was like, well, you can come over if you want. So he came over on the Thursday and nothing happened intimately um, or physically, but we did. I think we shared our first kiss that night and then he left. We saw each other on the Saturday night. I stayed over Saturday night and then everything kind of just torpedoed and went into fast motion from there. Um, After the Saturday night, we saw each other Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, He left for a trip um, down to the States to visit some friends. He came back Monday and until I left for a trip in January, we didn't spend another day apart. Um, wow. And so it went like zero to a hundred. But at the time, I, I mean, I don't think I, I knew any better to like look out for any sort of red flags in terms of how quickly things were moving. And I really did feel like I was getting everything I wanted. He was saying all the right things. He was doing all the right things. Now that I'm outside of it, I can look back objectively and I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit. But um, at the time, I really did think that I was in like living this fairy tale. Um, After two and a half weeks, we said, I love you. He said it first, but I reciprocated it very quickly. Um, We put a label on it and on Boxing Day, he unofficially moved all his stuff in. And so then we were living, I had a dog, he had a dog. And so after two months of meeting, we were living in a house with our two dogs, living this like dream life that I had always wanted. Um, And, you know, like, I I don't want to pretend that it was all him pursuing me and I was just going with emotions. Like I really did, I I was there for it. I thought that I was getting everything I wanted. My friends were, you know, talking about how I, had just landed in this fairy tale and they couldn't believe how amazing that's what i was gonna say
0: is like what what were other people thinking about it because obviously like and i've been there where it's like oh my god like how did i exist before this person like this person has changed my life this is the greatest thing in the world i never want to go another day without them and it feels so good it's Mm -hmm. literally like a drug that you just discovered and you're like oh my god where has this been all my life but that's why I was I was gonna ask mm-hmm. what other people were saying and it sounds like they were supporting it
1: they, they were and I mean my friends would say like I remember having a conversation with uh, a group of friends and one of my friends was telling another girl about like my experience and she's like oh and they like moved in together after a month and you know they said I love you so quickly and I remember the other girl kind of being like oh wow that's really fast but I was so happy and yeah. like on the outside together at that time, we did look like this perfect couple who had kind of just fallen into this perfect. Right. So you're kind life. of like
0: timeline, schmine line, like who cares? Yeah, like it's, I, it's working. Thought, Why um... stop it?
1: Exactly. I thought I was the exception to the rule. I was living this Hallmark yeah. movie, and I had it all. Um, on New Year's Eve, we were at a friend's party, and we sat on my friend's balcony, and I showed him pictures of engagement rings, and he was like, "Oh, don't worry, I've already planned out how I'm going to propose."
0: Oh my god!
1: And wow. again, at that, like looking back, I I could not imagine putting myself in that, like being in that situation again. And after three months talking about engagement rings, but Back then, I again, I, I really just thought I was living this fairy tale and I thought I was getting everything I'd ever wanted. And there were, yeah, at that point, no red flags,
0: yeah. Wow. I can
1: see now that there were a lot of red flags that when I was in it, they didn't But you that's
0: that's the thing about them. They yeah. don't show up when you're in it. And exactly. you can see every single one of them when you're out of it in with a lot of hindsight and therapy. Um <laughs> Wow. Okay. So what happened next?
1: So I would say the first crack in the glass, so to speak, came in January. And again, when I was in it, I I thought this was just a normal bump in the road. I didn't really think too much of it. Although looking back, that should have been my first indication that I should have gotten the hell out of there. Um, so in January, I went down to a friend's wedding in the Dominican. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. He was invited to the wedding, but he on such short notice, he couldn't get it off work. Um, so I went down and From the moment like he was emotional dropping me off at the airport and from the moment I arrived in the Dominican it was just like his anxiety and I'm going to put anxiety in quotation marks because that's how he framed it as he was just incredibly anxious about me being gone uh, was through the roof. He would keep me up until two o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, there was one night where I fell asleep because it was two o'clock in the morning and we've been on the beach all day. And I woke up to messages like, how dare you fall asleep on me? I needed you in that moment. If I had fallen asleep, like if if I had done that to you or if you had done that to, anyways, just very, very upset at me at the fact that I had fallen asleep. Um, I, had you ever seen
0: that side of him before?
1: No. No, not that. That was the first time where I started to see some of this, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned something about my friend's fiance was in a fraternity in university. And so I made some joke like, oh, I'm just lounging at the pool and it's me and a bunch of frat guys who by the way are all in very happily stable relationships but when they all get together they act like they're back in university again so I was making a joke like that and he was like that is so inappropriate and so insensitive of you to say that's when he told me that he allegedly had been cheated on in his previous relationship when she went out of town so it was very triggering of me to be saying that Um, and just the whole trip was like, there was one thing after another. He got upset because I made plans with people who were from out of town that we were going to be visiting the same city that we were living in and that they were living in. And he was upset that I had made plans without consulting with him first. And so it was just one thing after another. And there was one day where I was in tears. I was absolutely miserable. And my friend, the bride was the one who was comforting me. Um, And I remember saying to her like, Oh, he's just, you know, he's never felt this way before. And it's really hard for him to be away from me for so long. And she was like, I had been with my, her now husband, but her, my fiance for 10 years. And not once have I ever, treated him this way because I missed him and vice versa. Um, But again, at that point, I think I was, I was already in too deep to, you know, I had been hooked. And in my mind, this was just like, again, I, I rationalized it really well as he's just so in love
0: Right. It's like, okay, well that's you and your fiance now about to be husband, but like, maybe this guy loves me more than yours loves. It's like, yeah, no matter what, like when you're in so deep and this is part of the problem, like you said, like we rationalize things that we come up with excuses for other people's behavior because we feel like that's our responsibility as the partner. It's like, well, I'm now in this relationship or I am now like seeing this person. And of course, like, we're all different, we're all going to behave in different ways, but their behavior makes sense because of the situation. Like we just, we come up with excuses and we rationalize and our brains aren't properly assessing what's happening. Did you before hearing him bring up like, oh, this is triggering to me, like, because I got cheated on? Was that the first time you heard about any of his past relationships? Or had he talked about them at all before?
1: So he had mentioned them very briefly. Um, He had mentioned that he had basically been in two long-term relationships: one that lasted, I think, five years, and one that lasted three or four years. Um, Those are
0: two long relationships.
1: Yes. um, Basically, he had never um, he had never really been out of like not in a relationship. He had been in a relationship since he was about. 18 um he mentioned that in his first relationship they both cheated on each other but he said that he they were young and in high school and you know made mistakes lessons learned and then he said that his most recent ex before me cheated on him Got um, it. to foreshadow a little I've come to learn that that is not at all the case um anyway so the next two years of our relationship. So COVID hit very quickly after I went on that trip, I came back and then March happened and COVID hit and we were kind of forced into this space of absolute codependency and could not escape each other. Even if we wanted to, which although we like, we didn't, I don't think we actually really wanted to escape each other. We were both just in this period of still bliss or so I thought. Um, But every, (laughs) Every few months, we would get into an argument. And again, when I was in it, I thought this was completely normal. I didn't really, I I thought this was how every couple handled arguments. And I was really good about rationalizing everything. Um, But there came to be a lot of patterns where we would get into a fight and his normal reaction would be to completely shut down. Uh, He would say, I need space. I can't talk to you about this. And I think in some cases, like taking a bit of space when you are in a period of frustration and disagreement is healthy, but his version of taking space was very different from a healthy version of taking space. When he said, I need space, it was basically as if I didn't exist. I wasn't allowed to talk to him. He would go into another room. If I tried to enter the room, he would slam the door in my face and repeatedly tell me that I need space. You're not listening to me. The more you push me, the more I'm going to like pull away, um, type thing. And it always became like, if I tried to talk to him about it and granted it led me like his behavior, I think brought out some behaviors in me that I'm not really proud of. And I would go into full protest mode.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one thing that people don't talk about because it's embarrassing too. And like I've been in the same position where I can't believe things that I've done, things that I've said, like ways that I've acted like it is so shameful to me. And I'm like, I cannot believe that. And like, if I ever acted that way now, like I just, it's so weird how someone else's behavior can impact like literally who we are and what we think is okay and not okay. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up, and I get it. Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. So, head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P R E S E N T L Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code Seeing Other People.
1: Like, yeah, I became this person that I don't even recognize anymore, where when he would shut down, I would like the waterworks would pour out of me, I would be in absolute hysterics, I would start yelling, I would push, 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 and like, please just talk to me, please just talk to me. And the more, you know, like, I would burst into rooms and, like, sit on the bed next to him and try and get him to talk to me. But the more I did that, the more he would pull yep. away. Um, And so we would get in these disagreements and I would say they would probably happen once a month and the things yeah. that we would disagree about or the things that we would get and I shouldn't call them disagreements because they were more than just disagreements. They were explosive, chaotic fights. Um, and the things that we would fight about seemed relatively normal, you know, like finances and the way we dealt with the dogs and friends and family and all of that. Um, but it was the way that the the disagreements or the arguments were handled that wasn't okay or wasn't healthy whatsoever um but the after fact of any time we got into any of these arguments uh was what I think kept me hanging on for so long because he would take the space I would get the silent treatment for sometimes two three days but then the next five days after that he would be the most incredible boyfriend on the planet he would again say all the right things like i'm yeah. so sorry i put you through that you don't deserve that i need to work on myself more i need to be better i'm really trying to be a better boyfriend for you and i'm so appreciative of you and i was like okay this is this is You're good. like this is I'm progressing
0: like we did work through this and compromise and handle it maturely now like exactly. it just it almost erases what just happened because It goes from such a low, low to such a high, high that you feel like it evens it out.
1: Exactly. Um, And he always had this line that he would throw at me where he would say, even when we're not like, we're, we're good, even when we're not, or we're okay, even when we're not, or something along those lines. And he would use that. And he would say like, you know, I know we had this really rough patch, but like, we're still okay. And it's going to make us stronger. And we're learning things about each other. And so I would hang on to that. And I really believe that was the case. Um, And I never really, like, my last relationship prior to that was relatively, um, like, very calm. So I will never speak badly about that person. And so, um, but it was almost, like, boring in comparison to what I was experiencing now. So I didn't really have, like, anything to compare it to in the sense, like, I'd never been through this before to see the after effects of it. So I thought that this was just what pure love, love and
0: passion exactly. and romance and
1: exactly yeah um so that kind of cycle lasted for about two years and then when things really wow. started to turn was um october well hold
0: on hold on because two years is a long time, years is a long time. and a, a long time to be feeling these ups and downs and like literally be on this roller coaster that yes. is not stopping is not pausing to let anyone else on to let you off What? this is kind of going back to like the outsider's perspective, but what were your friends or your family members? Like, were they, you know, chiming in at all throughout this?
1: They had no idea. I, okay. uh, on the outside, we always looked like the perfect couple. And I did a really good job about downplaying the arguments that we would have. Right. And I would be like, oh yeah, like we, you know, we got into a fight and, you know, he joked that I cry too much and, you know, I gave him some space and we're learning how to deal with our conflicts and deal with how each other, like I did a really good job about downplaying it to my friends. I think I was doing it subconsciously. Like it wasn't really my intention to totally. do anything from them, but I don't even think I realized how bad it was. Yeah, um, and,
0: and you but, didn't want to exactly. as part of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, on the, and he was very charming. He was, you know, my friends thought he was this incredible person. My parents thought he was wonderful. Like he, he had a very charming persona. And so on the outside, we, it looked like absolutely nothing was wrong.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so fast forward,
1: fast forward, October, 2019. Uh, we were in a very good place. We had been in a pretty good place. Like I, I won't lie. We were, we had been on a trip to the West coast. Uh, a few months earlier and on that trip we were like actively talking about engagement to the point where I was messaging wedding photographers asking what their availability was for the next few years I really did think that by Christmas of that year we'd be engaged um, October, 2019 Halloween weekend, he wanted, went on a trip down to the States to go visit two friends of his. And these are two friends that he'd been friends with for years, a guy and a girl, um, the guy and the girl aren't together. The three of them are just really good friends. Good friends. I would FaceTimed with them. I never had any reason to be uncomfortable about this relationship. So Halloween weekend, he went down, I dropped him off at the airport on Friday. It was very much like, I love you. I can't wait to see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Blah, blah, blah everything was great. Uh, didn't really hear from him too much over the weekend, but he was in the States and didn't have access to data. So I only heard from him when he had Wi-Fi. I picked him up from the airport Monday and there was an energy shift, like something, something just felt off. Um, I attributed it as, and he explained it that he was just tired from partying and traveling for the last 48, 72 hours. Um, So I didn't really think anything of it Monday. He slept on the couch Monday night because he said his back was hurting him and we didn't really have a great mattress at the time. Tuesday night, my sister was in town. So my parents came over and my sister was here and she'd met him a few times before and she texted me and she was like, hey, is he okay? Like he seems really off. I was like, yeah, he's just tired from his trip. Wednesday, we didn't really talk at all. And so by Thursday, I knew something was wrong. So I was at work and I texted him and I, or I think I left him a voicemail actually and I was like emotional on leaving the voicemail and I was like, you're scaring me, something feels off, whatever it is, we can work through it. I get a text back from him and he said, I just listened to your voicemail. You're right. I have been off. I'm not doing well mentally and there's other stuff going on. I think I need some space. And I was like, okay, space from us, space from just talking about this. Like, what does that mean? And he responded back, no, I think I need space from us. So I packed up my stuff at work, drove home, and he basically, uh, we sat on the couch, and he said, I this weekend made me realize that I need to be on my own, and I don't think I'm ready to commit 100% to you, and I don't think I'm as in love with you as you are with me, and I think I need to be on my own for a little bit completely blindsided like what absolutely the fuck blindsided. um and of course like when you're blindsided like that like you're you just go down this rabbit hole of, like there has to be an explanation and so one of yeah. the first questions I asked is did something happen like did something happen with this girl this friend of yours did was there somebody else that you met like did you cheat on me was basically what I was trying to get at. And he immediately went on. that He's like, I can't believe that you would ever ask me that. Like, I would never do that to you. You know, my experience with that, like, that's not it at all. I really just need to be on my own. Uh, and so it wasn't a final like breakup. He said he just needed some time to think about this, but that he was in that moment leaning more towards breaking up. Um, he didn't leave the house for two weeks So even though I asked him repeatedly, like, can you go stay somewhere else? He said that he didn't have anywhere else to go. So for two weeks. You're you're
0: on a break in the same house, not speaking.
1: Basically is what it was. It was an awful, awful experience. Um, We wouldn't talk. I kept trying to talk to him. So I'm like, you're right here. You're two feet away from me. How can we not talk about this? And he kept saying like, you know, if there's any hope for us, like you need to give me space and let me figure this out. Um, so yeah, for for two weeks we lived in the same house, but didn't talk at all. We did separate groceries, cooked separate food. He slept on the couch. It was awful. Um, then after two weeks, he said, "Oh my said, god, okay, we can like let's talk." And so we sat down after two weeks, and again, just like the pattern that had been our relationship for the last two and a half years. By this point, uh, he professed his love for me and he said you know these two weeks really gave me clarity and it made me realize that you are the person I want to be with and there's things that we need to work on but I want to commit to you and I want to be with you and I want to have a future with you and build a life with you and all the things I wanted to hear um I did push a little bit though because I was like "There, like there's something you're not telling me there's no way that in 48 hours you had an entire life realization that you want to right you know Uh, And so I found out the only information that I got was that this friend of his, this girl, while he was down where he was, um, had confessed her love for him and had told him that she had been in love with him for years. And he said, he swore up and down that nothing happened, that they just had a conversation, but it really confused him. And that's part of the reason why he just needed to think on things. I asked if he had feelings for her. He said know that they're trying to, you know, figure out boundaries in their relationship, but he absolutely does not want anything romantically with her and he just sees her as a friend. Okay. So we start to move forward. We had, you know, come up with a list of things that we wanted to actively do. None of that ever happened, but we made a list. So in my mind, I thought that we were <laughs> maybe working to towards- like one
0: step forward, maybe, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um then Christmas, Christmas came around and we had gone up to uh his parents' house a few hours north of where we lived. Um but on Boxing Day we were staying at his sister and his sister was uh having some people over, so we were staying at her place that night. And we were all playing drinking games and I went to bed I think around midnight and everyone else went to bed shortly after that, but he decided to stay up. Um and he ended up coming into bed at around three o'clock in the morning. He's clearly been drinking more because he kind of just stumbled out, like stumbled into bed and passed out. And he had his phone in his hand and he kind of just tossed it on the bed beside him. I wasn't really sleeping well to begin with because I'd been anxious for the last month and a half and we were somewhere else. And anyways, um, so his phone landed on the bed beside me and it was unlocked, which was rare. He did have a password on his phone that... I never knew, not that like I never asked to know his password, it just wasn't something that ever came up. Um, and so with his phone being unlocked, I took it upon myself to open up Facebook Messenger because I know that's how him and this girl communicated. And I found paragraphs on paragraphs of extremely explicit messages between the two of them. Um, so I, I don't even really remember what I did in this moment. It's a bit of a blur, but I ended up somehow falling back asleep. I didn't do anything about it in the moment. And then of course we woke up the next morning and we're at his sister's house. We're five minutes from his parents' house. We're supposed to go for brunch with his parents and we're staying with his parents for the next week and a half. And I didn't have like, we had his car there. I didn't have a way home. So for a week and a half, I sat on this information and didn't say anything.
0: That's Um, impressive.
1: It was awful. It was really hard, but it was awful. Yeah. I would like go into the bathroom and cry. I would like go for a walk by myself and cry. and I he kept asking me like what's wrong? His parents kept asking me if everything was okay. and I, I would make up some excuse. Um, I imagine
0: but- all the while you're still not being completely open with your friends about what no, I didn't tell
1: no. no my friends and I had like a, a Facebook a FaceTime conversation on I think the next night um, after I found this out and I didn't say anything um, so yeah my, my friends knew absolutely nothing uh, then so then this we pull out of his parents driveway to leave and the second we pull out of his driveway just all the emotions came over me and I burst into tears and I told him what I knew and his response was as good as uh, somebody in that position's response could have been. And I think that was in hindsight, manipulation tactics on its own um, because he was very like, yep, you're right. I'm sorry. What can I do to make it better? You know, he didn't try and gaslight me. He wasn't upset that I went through my, his phone, or at least he didn't vocalize any of that. Um, And uh, so (laughs) We had that conversation. And then for the next two months, that was basically every conversation we had was about this. And I was in therapy at this point. So I was talking to my therapist about it and I would talk to him about it. Like all we talked about was this incident.
0: Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? episode of dateable season 15 episode 10 is it chemistry or anxiety guys this podcast is incredibly relatable insightful and oftentimes hilarious wherever you start dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you you can subscribe and listen to episodes on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts every wednesday and sunday so check out dateable and thank me later
1: so finally by february i remember we were having um, a conversation and he said something along the lines of like, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I feel like you're going to leave me at any moment. And I think like I burst into tears and I was like, it's almost good to hear you say that. Cause that's exactly how I felt every single day for these last three months now. But it also made me realize like, okay, we either need to move forward with this
0: or or
1: end it. Like we can't stay in this limbo period. So again, being very optimistic and hopeful that one day this would all be behind us and I would be incredibly happy in my relationship with this person again. I agreed to move forward, but my only condition was that I have a conversation with her because in my mind, if the two of them are going to continue to be friends, I have to reconcile with her on some level. Like the idea of an ultimatum wasn't even an option for me at that point. So her Mm -hmm. and I FaceTimed, we got on FaceTime for about two hours and she was very like uh extremely apologetic she preached about this like girls supporting girls and she gave me the story that she had been cheated on and she was like I can never imagine being the one to do that and you know I'm so sorry and I think you two are wonderful and it makes me so happy to see I hate so where happy. this is going I know <laughs> Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, we got off FaceTime and I remember telling him that night, like, I'm not ready to completely put this behind us, but I do forgive you. And I want to at least move forward. And he got very emotional and he said, you know, it makes me so happy to hear you say that. I don't want you to think that just because you say you've forgiven the two of us that we're going to take advantage of it and let this happen again. And in my mind, I believe that, um, then in he April, he has
0: a very good track record of telling you exactly what you needed to hear
1: 100 100%, 100% and i'm going to uh fast forward just a, well not really he said something and this has always stuck in my mind and i think this is like true this is what makes me think that there might be some underlying char- characteristics of narcissism because we were in the car yeah. this was a month before the final events uh of our relationship and I I asked him something about work and he said that he wasn't happy at work and I was like well you like your job and he was like no I don't think I really do I think I think I just do it because people want me to do it and it's what looks good and I was like well what do you mean like you must care about your job and he's like I don't think I do and then he said I think I'm just really good at playing the game of life I think I'm really good at saying things and doing things that people want me to say and it looks good but I don't know if I actually care but he would say wow. it in such a, like, almost a, a, like, joking way that it was hard to actually take it seriously. And so I kind of just laughed it off and was like, oh, ha-ha, yeah, okay. And then moved on. Looking back, like, I 100% think he meant that. And I think he meant it in, a, like, application to every part of his life. Yeah. There's um,
0: a lot behind that.
1: At 100%. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So then April came along and April was his 30th birthday and I had been planning a surprise party for his 30th birthday for the last six months, including inviting people from out of town uh, who did not live in the country (laughs) um, and said people had already purchased plane tickets to come up. So that was a huge struggle for me, whether I was going to, to let that happen or not but again as i did with everything else in our relationship i did a really good job of rationalizing it and coming up for reasons why it would be okay and i told myself and, that,
0: and like being the bigger person by exactly. doing this and you know extending that olive branch and trying to I mean, show you're okay yeah
1: exactly um, and in my mind, I told myself it would be a lot easier to meet this person in a setting where there's tons of other people and it's not just her and I and him sitting in a room together. Um, so he, I think through conversations with them, he knew that they were planning on coming up. He obviously didn't know anything about the surprise party, but that became a huge source, a huge conversation topic for us for a long time, um, about how I was going to be okay with her being here and being uh so April came along and the surprise party was on the Friday it went off without a hitch it was great it was wonderful um Saturday his friend threw him a big brunch Saturday night the four of us so me my ex this girl and this other male friend of theirs all went out for dinner at one point her and I were just sitting on a bench while the boys went off to find a restaurant and she was asking about. Our plan, like if I thought he was gonna propose soon, if we were gonna buy a house soon, like asking, you know, about our plans for the future. I thought it was really nice of her to try and really get to know me. Sunday night, we all went to this like Scandinavian spa together. And then their flight out was very early on the Monday morning back to the States. So, uh, and he was driving them. So he asked very politely if I would mind if he crashed at their Airbnb on the Sunday night, because it would just be more convenient for him to drive them the next morning. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, this is the final test. If we can get through tonight, we're going to be 100% okay. And the rest of our life is going to be absolutely magical together is really how I rationalized being okay with this. Uh, and I think I even said something to him along the lines of like, like be safe or like, don't do anything stupid or something like that. And yeah, said, absolutely not. Like, thank you so much for trusting And me. he knew what you
0: meant. And yeah, exactly. That.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he stayed at their place Sunday night, Monday, he woke up, he sent me a good morning text, like everything seemed to be fine. Tuesday, everything was fine. Uh, Wednesday, he seemed a little off, but he meant like, he said he was just anxious from or like dealing with his social battery was drained, basically from everything that had been going on. And he was just tired. Wednesday, I was working from home. He always works from home. Uh, He went out to go get a massage during the day. I went into his office to go get something and his computer was open. And I remember standing in front of his computer saying, there's nothing for you to find. Just turn around and walk away. Everything's okay. But then I, you know, there was this little voice that said, Mm, let's just confirm. Exactly. I was like, prove yourself right. You're going to find nothing. Um, Of course, as you can imagine where this is going, that was the exact opposite of what I found. Uh, I found more very explicit messages between them, including messages that um, he had sent to her when he was sitting on the couch and I was about two feet away from him. Um, oh, and then there God. was also messages referencing that they had slept together on the Sunday night. So I screenshotted the messages. Right. I sent them to her, sent them to him, and then sent them to this other friend of theirs. And the other friend called me right away and he was very apologetic and he claimed to have not known anything what he knew or didn't know. I. I don't really know, but we'll never know. Exactly. Um, she opened them, didn't respond. And then eventually he got out of his massage. He opened the messages and he just responded saying, I'm so sorry. I'm coming home. Please be there. He came home. He was uh, like in tears. He sat on the couch. He was like, you know, all like uh, hovered over and he said, I'm just riddled with guilt right now. I can't believe I let this happen again. And in that conversation, I went through this very like drastic coaster of I'm so, so mad at you and I'm just going to yell, 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 but also I love you so much and I'm super sad and how could you ever do this to me? And I just want you to hug me and hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay. So, you know, I remember like yelling and saying like, there's no way, like, how can you say you're riddled with guilt because you sat across the couch from me tonight or last night? telling her you want to do all this stuff to her while I, and then came and gave me a kiss and told me you love me. Like you definitely weren't guilty then. Um, but then also like crying and saying, you know, how could you do this to me again? And so anyways, we had a very long conversation and we basically agreed that we need to take some actual time apart and he needs to go stay in an Airbnb because I need to figure out what I want to do. And he asked me, um, I remember him asking me, do you have, do you think there's any hope for us? And I said, First off, it's not fair that you ask me that right now because I'm not in a position to answer that. But B, I'll tell you right now, if there is any hope for us, she's out of your life and I'm not wavering on that whatsoever. Um, And he said, I know. So he packed up his stuff and he went and stayed at an Airbnb Um, and we agreed, that was on a Wednesday, we agreed that by Sunday we would have a conversation one way or another, whether it was to extend this break, to get back together, to end things, whatever it may be.
0: Why do you think that you weren't in that moment just finally done? like why were you still willing to think about it? because I get this asked this all the time of like how can people you know you know get cheated on and stay?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot, and this is something you know I've been actively going to therapy for the last year or so to try and answer that exact question. And I don't know if I have like a a 100% formative answer for that. I think the biggest thing that kept me there was hope and the hope that one day this would all be behind us and we would be back to that couple that we were in the first three months. Even though looking back now, we never would have gotten to that point ever and what we had in the first three months wasn't a true representation of what the relationship was going to look like but in my mind i i think it was hope is probably the best answer that i can give and because i would catch these glimmers of moments from him where it felt like he was this person that i wanted him to be and he was everything i wanted him to be and so i would hang on to those moments and keep waiting for those moments to reappear um yeah So yeah, I, uh, that was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, basically just, I was miserable. I hardly left my bed, but I also was really trying to, you know, as you just said, like figure out a way to move forward to the point where I listened to every podcast I could find about recovering from infidelity. I bought Esther Perel's book. I was on Reddit and was scrolling through every single blog post. I was messaging people on Reddit, um, on the Sunday morning, I even went for coffee with a friend, with a sister of a friend who had been through a similar, but different experience and they had pushed through it and are now seemingly happy. Um, and I left that meeting with her and I remember driving home saying, I'm going to find a way to make this work. Yeah. Um, and so I messaged him cause we hadn't really talked in a few days and I said, I'm headed home. I know we're supposed to talk today. I really want to move forward. I need to know if you want to do the same. And he responded back and I got the message as I was driving. And He responded back saying, I don't think we can move forward. And I think I mentioned this in my email to you, but like those words were incredibly crushing, but also everything I needed to hear. Because like as I was, I got those words and like all, I had to pull over because it just hit me like, You know, a brick in my chest, but I also felt this weird sense of relief because I knew it had come to an end. And it was like there was finally a conclusion
0: to it. Yeah. And I'm sure part of you also knew that you were not going to leave.
1: Exactly. Yep. And I have said this, you know, now I've like, I finally, my friends now all know the story and I'm very open about it and I'm very comfortable talking about it. Um, and every time I do talk about it, the one thing I will say is like, he did some really crappy things to me over the last three years, two and a half years, however long it was the best thing he could have ever done for me was be the one to walk away because I, I, I really, and that's a really kind of scary thing to think about is what my life would look like if he hadn't walked away. I think honestly, we would still, I would still be with him and I would still be absolutely miserable. Um, so him walking away was the, best possible thing he could have done for me
0: and and I get that look like the the horrible situation I went through with the best thing that happened to me in it was him blocking me yeah because it literally forced me to move forward and Uh moving forward took a really long time but I was holding on to anything I could yeah and this actually cut off contact and I have not spoken to him or seen him since and I don't know, like, I I would not have been okay had he not done that, even though in the moment I, like, resented him so much for it.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, it was, like, I, I really don't know what would have happened if he hadn't walked away that day. So I'm very thankful he did. Um, the next few days after that, that was on a Sunday. I remember my friend came over Sunday night. I cried myself to sleep Sunday night. Monday, Tuesday, same thing. And Wednesday came around. And I remember this day very clearly because it was a beautiful sunny day in April, which is rare for where we are in Canada. Um, And the sun was shining and I have this big window in my living room and I was sitting on my couch. I was working from home that day and I was just drinking my coffee with Taylor Swift in the background, cuddling with my dogs and this is going to sound really sad and I'm not exaggerating. I wish I was exaggerating on this, but I'm 100% not. I realized that that was the first morning since November 1st that I had woken up not crying and I made it through an entire morning without crying. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, like I'm I'm going to be okay. This isn't going to be easy. This is probably going to be really hard and not every day is going to feel this good, but I'm going to be okay. And I really have not looked back since. I wow like uh, obviously I miss there are parts of our relationship that I really miss and I some days miss the good parts. But one thing I've really come to realize is that a I I don't want to sit here and pretend that he was just uh, that none of it was real. I do think there were moments where he genuinely did love me and care for me. I just, I think there was a lot of stuff he was dealing with that made him incapable of loving me the way I needed to be loved. And um not to like that's not me excusing his behavior I just think
0: yeah we are all we all have stuff we're dealing with
1: exactly um and so I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that you know our entire relationship was miserable there were a lot of really great moments but what I've come to realize is that none of those good moments were good enough to make going through the bad moments okay like if someone were to tell me you could relive this again and you're gonna have I don't know like two years and four months of pure bliss and you're not going to have a single hard time, but the last two months are going to be the most miserable you've ever felt. in that, like, I, I just, I wouldn't do it again because those good times don't make the bad times don't. worth it at all.
0: Yeah. Um, There's something you wrote in your email that I'm sure you're going to bring up next, sure. but I just love it so much that yeah. I like want to call it out. Yeah. Um, You mentioned that you now you realize like, you know, there are days where you feel like you take a step back. There are days where you feel like you're doing great. And it is such a cycle like that. And it's never going to be linear. And that's so important to like call out about the healing process. But I love that you said that, you know, that two steps forward and one step backwards is still one step forward. And I think that is so powerful. And I also think it's really, in a way like reflective of your journey, because I think for the whole relationship, the opposite was happening. It was Mm -hmm it was one step forward and two steps backwards, which was one step backwards every time.
1: hundred percent. Absolutely. And that is, so I actually heard that quote yeah. on an episode of Brooklyn nine, nine and it oh is, my God. and Rosa said it. And you know, she said two steps forward and one step backward is still one step forward. So and that has forward. stuck with me. I think about that every day to the point where I'm trying to get it somehow represented in tattoo. Um, eventually. But <laughs> I it, love it. It's so true. Like, and I think it applies to anything you're going through in regards to like mental health or any, situation that you're trying to recover from where like healing in any sense is absolutely not linear and to expect that every day is going to be okay a little better
0: than the one before like is not it's not real it's not you, but like there yeah. will always be a tomorrow you know like 100%. you and it's okay like it is okay to have bad days it is okay to feel like you're not going to get through it mm-hmm. because then then you will surprise yourself and have a moment where you do feel like okay like I've already gotten through this much and I woke up and I didn't cry, you know, like there are little things that keep you going and all you can do is try, like all you can do is keep going.
1: Absolutely. And it does get better. Like it, it really does. I remember like when I was deep in the trenches and again, I I didn't realize how bad it was until I was out of it. Um, and I think I forget her name, but whoever you had on, um, in your most recent episode, she yeah. mentioned, Dr.
0: Jamie Zuckerman.
1: Yeah. She mentioned something, you know, along those lines of like, when you're out of it is when you can finally realize how bad it was. Bad. Um, and so I think it's, it's been really easy for me. You know, people always ask like, you seem to be doing so great. And it, it was really, only, it's really only been eight months since everything eventually. Yeah you know ended which doesn't seem like very long but a I think because things were so bad as soon as it was gone it was this huge weight lifted off my of shoulders and a huge sense of relief um where I like there was no part of me that wanted to go back to that and I think also I I subconsciously have been processing the end of our relationship yeah. since
0: you yeah, had been mourning it for a long time already exactly
1: yeah exactly so it's you know I'm not going to pretend like it's been easy I have some I have a lot of really great days and the bad days are fewer and far fewer and further between these days um but I still have hard days but again there's like I've, I've been able to do so much reflection that there's not a single part of me that ever wants to be back in that situation again and so I've kind of made it my own mission to do as much self-reflection as possible to figure out why I let myself get into this situation and why I've had the patterns I've had in my previous relationships um, so that when I embark in my next relationship, it's going to be one where I am secure and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let myself be walked all over and I'm not going to to let myself be taken advantage of. So um it's been a really hard journey, but I am I think I wrote this in my email as well. Like somebody asked me not too long ago if I could ever like if you could go back and relive it. Or if you could go back and never meet him again. Never I and mean,
0: undo it all.
1: I, I didn't even hesitate. Like I said, no, like I, I no. wouldn't wish this upon anybody. I hope to never have to experience this again. But I do think it taught me the most valuable lessons. I've ever learned, and I am in a really weird way grateful to have experienced something because it it was a bit of a wake up call for me to to do some self reflection and figure out, you know, how I can do some own own, my own internal work to make sure this doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah, and and beyond that, I mean, you're you're out here doing this, and you're sharing your story to Mm -hmm. make try and make sure it doesn't happen to other people, and. I have so much respect for you and you you know, again, I'm so sorry you went through this, but it, it is like, I feel like you are people are going to listen to this and look at you as like a beacon of hope for the fact that, like you said, like it's only been eight months and you're, you seem to be doing amazing and you seem to have learned so much and there's still going to be more for you to learn. But the fact that you're able to be here and talk about this and have this mindset about it is so admirable. And I like, I hope you're proud of yourself for that, like every day, because you should be.
1: I am, I I really am. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I can say like, I'm proud of myself. And you know, my therapist the other day was, you know, because I'll talk about the things that I've uh, accomplished or the things that I've done, but then I'll always like downplay it it's like oh but like I still have more work to do and she's like I just want to stop you and I want you to like think back and look how far you've come in the last year and look at all the things that you've done for yourself and you know not to this isn't me like tooting my own horn in any way but like in the last no but you should I okay so I'll toot my own horn (laughs) and you know in the last like since that relationship ended I've been on three or four trips I did date someone who had a lot of wonderful qualities but I and uh, there's nothing poorly I can say about him I just realized that it wasn't the relationship for me but it was the first time in my life where I took it upon myself to walk away from a relationship every other relationship I've been in I stuck through it until it either ended catastrophically or they made the decision to walk away so it was the first time where I was like "Mm, this doesn't feel right you're wonderful, but something is missing, and I walked away from that. I've started a new job, I've like made advances in my career, I traveled solo for the first time. I've like, I've and I, these are things that I can honestly say I don't think I would have done if I was still in that relationship. Yeah.
0: yeah, it really does like reshape you in a way, and I can honestly say, like anyone I know, either personally, or anyone who's come on unfiltered, who has shared something like Mm -hmm. everyone who has been through something like this, or or adjacent to this comes out stronger. Yes. And it's so inspiring and crazy to think of like, where we started versus where we are now. But you know, I just hope to anyone listening, like if you are going through something, you know, like my heart goes out to you, but know that you're going to be okay. And in fact, you're going to be better for it.
1: 100%. even if
0: it literally fucking sucks right now
1: 100 yeah, percent. and I think it's also important that people recognize that there is better outside of this like especially if you're dealing with something in a relationship where you feel like this is as good as it's gonna get because that's how I felt for a long time I you know again I did a really great job of saying to myself like well at least it's good sometimes. And at least we're okay sometimes. And at least he knows me and he knows how to make me happy. So, you know, who knows what else I'm going to get out there. That's not a great mindset to have at all. And okay, sometimes is not how you want to live your life. So just because somebody makes you feel good at times, if there are moments where they make you feel unlovable, and they make you feel worthless, like, there is somebody out there, I haven't found yeah. that person yet, you have, and which is wonderful, but there is somebody out there who's going to, you know, be the person who meets you where you're at um, yeah. and who makes you feel wonderful and who makes you feel loved. So there's not a single person in this world who's worth lying in bed at night questioning your own worth.
0: I couldn't agree more. I want to ask you what the best piece of dating advice you've ever received is, but I don't know. I can't imagine you haven't already said it, but let's ask anyway.
1: (laughs) I actually came prepared, you know, and there's, and I could probably list out a hundred different things. But one thing that my therapist said pretty recently, that's really stuck to me is become the person that you want to date or become the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Because I think a lot of, we spend so much of our time trying to look for the qualities we wish we had and look for those qualities in somebody else. And all that really does for us is, you know, it brings us down a level and put somebody else on a pedestal. Um, and so I think, you know, when she said that, she's like, write down a list of the qualities that you want in a partner and then become that person. So if you, you know, I always said I wanted somebody who's really spontaneous and adventurous and likes to travel. So she's like, okay, be that person, go. be adventurous, like go travel, you know, Um it,
0: and you yeah. did.
1: And I did. And, and you are. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I'm at a point now where I'm not, I'm no longer craving things in another person. I am I can genuinely say for the first time in probably my 30 years of life, I'm genuinely comfortable with myself. I know how to support my own needs. I know how to like make myself happy. And I think at the end of the day, like the only person whose happiness you're truly responsible for is your own and if you can't be your own support system like nobody else is going to be able to do that for you in the same way um so yeah I I think that's something that I've really tried to push for in the last little bit is just figure out the qualities I want in a partner and then become that person myself because chances are I'm going to attract that same person anyways so
0: I'm smiling so big. I wish you guys could see it. Like I love, first of all, I love that so much. Second yeah. of all, you have a great therapist. And third of all, like, I know I just said it, but I really am so proud of you. And you. just, again, so appreciative that you came on and were willing to open up and, and share what you've been through. And I I'm, I just feel like so grateful that there are you and everyone else who has been on Unfiltered. Like this is... I don't know. I feel like really inspired right now. I'm like getting emotional, but like
1: you you. and thank you you as well. You have a wonderful platform and it's, it really like, I think in the opening line to, my email I sent to you I said your podcast and Taylor Swift and a few glasses of wine is what really got me through the first little bit and I honored to,
0: to be to- <laughs> on that
1: list <laughs> I wholeheartedly mean cool. that it's, you know especially the unfiltered episodes it's, it's one thing to hear from somebody who has a huge platform and who has put so much of their time and effort into learning about dating and relationships and those episodes are wonderful but the unfiltered episodes are really the ones that I resonate with because yeah they're the heart yes yeah
0: so thank you <laughs> thank you oh, okay <laughs> I, I i feel like we could talk literally all day no, um no. but again thank you and to everyone who listened thank you guys so much for tuning in please 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 share this episode with a friend who you think would benefit from hearing it share it on your story if you loved it and of course as always if you have anything that you want to share in unfiltered please email me at seeing other people podcasts at gmail.com i would love to help you share your story. Thank you. All right. Love you all. I'll talk to you guys next time.